Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I want to go ahead and throw it out right now. Our next podcast, we will take questions from the audience. So uh, all of you fine listeners out there, jump in with your questions for the mailbag on Twitter at ScottWrightOK or at Jacob Unruh via email, srite at oklahoman.com, junruh at oklahoman.com. We will answer all or as many of your questions as we can. Already got a couple that weren't necessarily meant for the podcast, but I think they're good questions. Then I'm going to go ahead and roll into the podcast because I like them. So uh, that's good. But I'm that's not till ne- that's not till the next episode. So you're going to have to. Ooh, uh, that's a tease. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So if you're not subscribed, you better subscribe now so you get to find out what I'm talking about. Anyway, Jacob, uh, we just uh, it's our our usual Tuesday evening podcast. We um, just spoke with some players after practice. Also just uh, just watched the college football playoff rankings come out. Oklahoma State moves up again to number 21. Uh, we'll get into uh, get into that stuff a little bit later and kind of where uh, what that means for Oklahoma State, what uh, the Big 12's status in the college football playoff rankings means to Oklahoma State, all of those sorts of things. Um, but let's let's start here because Chuba Hubbard is and continues to be the most popular topic at Oklahoma State right now. Um, he was not among the players interviewed tonight, yet I heard his name brought up multiple times, I'll say. Yeah. Um, you would think he's a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. Kind of, kind of, right? Yes. Um, started to talk award shows. Right. Stuff like that with him. Um, people kept bringing it up, and, and rightfully so. Uh, in tomorrow's paper, you have a bunch of Heisman updated odds mm-hmm. and stuff with him. Um, he's you know more popular now on ESPN's projections. Yeah, number four, four right? number four on um, theirs this week. He's starting to show up on the online uh, voting. I don't know what to call yeah, that. The, yeah, the the uh, Nissan the Nissan Heisman House yeah. Twitter poll. I guess yeah, is basically yeah. what it is. Um, starting to pop up on that. It's good. It's good that he's finally starting to get recognized. Yeah, uh, a little more nationally. Uh, the athletic, he actually received a first place vote. I think they had fifty-one voters, if I remember the numbers right. Uh, Forty-nine of them voted for Joe Burrow, one voted for Jonathan Taylor, and one voted for Chuba. I'd like um, to know who the one is because they don't have an OSU writer. They the don't. Athletic. They don't. So I'm kind of curious. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so going to be interesting to see how things go for him the next couple of weeks obviously this is a week where he has a chance to possibly pile up some yards mm-hmm. Oklahoma State should be able to uh, control the line of scrimmage a little bit offensive line is is playing well right now and uh, and seem to be all healthy at least so it's uh, it's an interesting week but um, you know right now he's he's it's kind of kind of feels like March Madness is, is coming up, and he's uh, and he's a team on the bubble as far as that New York City trip. Yeah, because you and I were talking about this on the way to Stillwater earlier. How many people go? How many people are going to go to New York? That's the question. Right. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Burroughs, Fields, mm-hmm. I would think Chase Young might go. Um, you would think at least three. You still got um, Jalen Hurts in the mix. You mm-hmm. got. I mean, if it's three, I, I don't know how good I feel for Chupa. 
Yeah, it's uh, gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to get that to fourth get. one. I think I think that you have a really good chance that Chuba's there. Yeah, and you know, and it also depends on what happens with some of these other guys mm-hmm. as they uh, as they uh, you know stay in the mix or fall out of the mix or um, you know how how Chase Young continues to be viewed throughout the uh, the course of the season uh, after his two game suspension, things like that. So, gonna be interesting to see what exactly. You know how how uh, a lot of these things are viewed. The interesting about uh, the interesting thing about some of these, uh, you know, the the ESPN rankings or the athletic straw poll, it's I don't know in the in the case of ESPN, but I, I assume it's this way. The athletic is uh, is strictly media people, mm-hmm. and the voting population. Of of the Heisman is not strictly media people. You've got um, you know former winners and, and things like that that could really throw things into into uh, you know out of whack a little bit in uh, in some areas. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what the perception of Hubbard and uh, and other players becomes as you uh, as you as you we go down the stretch and kind of try to figure out what some of these people are thinking so maybe, maybe the former running backs band together to get chuba there right yeah maybe uh you know barry sanders starts making some phone calls yeah. and, and gets uh get some folks on uh, on the canadian cowboys bandwagon so it's going to be interesting to see there's no doubt about that um i think i think he deserves a trip to new york but i don't know if it'll happen it's going to be it's going to be a a close call i think at the at the very least so um we talked to a couple of offensive linemen tonight. We don't want to give away all the good stuff that we're writing, um, but uh, you got to you got to subscribe. That's right. So um, I spoke with Dylan Galloway, and you know he's a guy who has had shoulder surgeries each of the last two springs. He had the ankle injury earlier this year that took him out a couple of games. He just every time he seems to be right on the edge of that breakout he seems to get hit with another injury and he says that he is stronger now than he than he's ever been uh you know the ankle is not fully healed but he doesn't feel like it's slowing him down at all um so he's a guy that you know and the way the way that mike gundy talked about him on monday you know makes you feel like he is a uh a a future nfl guy if he can put it together and have a good long string of of playing healthy and uh, and and you know just showing the uh, the ability that he's got and uh, and then right next to him on the left side a guy who you talked to Marcus Keys who has uh, has just been the the master of steadiness throughout his career played in every game uh, started all but two up until this point I mean that guy just uh, is just a rock on this offensive line yeah. He, he's found different ways to stay healthy. Um, I'm not going to reveal all of them because I think I want you to read the paper next week. Oh, absolutely. Um, but talked to him for a while, too, and he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he's been consistent. Um, he said that, you know, even with injuries, he's made sure that he's been out there around him. And, you know, we haven't talked to Gundy about Marcus in a while or anything like that, but that's got to be big for the offensive line to have a guy yeah. like that go out there. And, um, and Dylan's been a big part, too, when he's healthy. He's made a big impact. Yeah. Um, and last week we got to the offensive line intact again, um, and there were there didn't really appear to be any issues from 
a guy looking in from the outside. Right, exactly. Uh, my favorite thing that Gundy said uh, when I asked him about Dylan Galloway on Monday uh, was I, I made the same statement that I made just a minute ago about him, you know, getting to the edge of a breakout and then getting hurt. And Gundy interrupted me. He goes, did he get hurt? Oh, yeah. That was funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Gundy, do you know something I don't know? He was really worried that <laughs> something had leaked out on social media that he didn't know about. Uh, so that was uh, that was that was funny. But um, I'll be writing about him later this week. And uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to that. I feel like we're good reporters, but I know we're good enough to get ahead of Gundy on an injury. That would be uh, that would be something uh, if uh, if that were to happen. Um, be something to be proud of. I yeah, think. it would be. I would. I might actually put that on my Twitter profile or something. Right. Like yeah. Gundy yeah. Exactly. Um, the offense in general. I'm really curious to see what this week looks like for them. West Virginia has been solid on defense. They're not giving up a ton of points. Um, it's also not going to necessarily take a ton to outscore them. They're not putting up a bunch of points either. So, um, really curious to see what direction that goes. And uh, we'll get into that just a little bit more. Talk about Spencer Sanders and uh, and his injured hand right after this break on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. We talked about Spencer Sanders and his thumb, where we teased that uh, that topic of conversation. Um, you know, it was an interesting thing, because Sanders hurt the thumb, or, or his hand. They said thumb on the radio, but they, they we don't know for sure exactly what the injury is. Uh, they're not uh, not revealing that. Um, Gundy did say that he was wearing a wearing a brace on his hand um, on Sunday evening when he saw him, um, but he he had the injury, went out, taped it up, comes in, throws a perfect deep ball to Dylan Stoner. Uh, you know they go in, come out of come out of halftime, and he bangs it on a helmet, comes out of the game, and uh, and Drew Round takes over from there. Gunny says it was all precautionary, and uh, and and Sanders agreed that that was the case when uh, when he came in and spoke to us after the game. So, um, how how impactful do you think this might be, and uh, could this be more serious than uh, than than what we're hearing? You know, I there's a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, I the impact I, is it against West Virginia? Is it going to be a huge impact? Because Drew, Drew's played really well. He, right. he hasn't shown otherwise that you have to necessarily uh, think he's going to come in and there's going to be a huge drop-off offensively right. when Absolutely. Drew comes in the game. Other than I think Spencer moves better. Yeah. Um, runs better, obviously. And so I think maybe that would be a little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Drew's a statue either. Drew's going to move. Yeah, he can get out and, and run around a little bit. Um, you know, if, if this lingers, then it's a problem. Um you know, I think they need him in Bedlam. I think they need. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I would, I would absolutely say so. Um, but I think this week it may not be as much of a concern in my mind. So if you don't have him, do you? Do you even contemplate the idea of running Drew Brown out there, no matter what? Give Spencer uh, another mean, week to to rest. That's a that's it's a, a good it's question. something to contemplate. It is. Um, it's a really good question. Um. You could just maybe kind of make it a game time decision on Spencer, maybe. Right. 
get him out there, get him throwing, see how he feels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be – I assume – I've not looked at the weather because um, I'm not going to West Virginia, and I assume it's cold. Yeah, it sounds like it, the way people are talking. Uh, I am going to West Virginia, have not looked at the weather. I assume it's cold, and so maybe you see how he feels. Mm-hmm. And the cold weather, throwing the ball, gripping it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you make a call. Yeah. Um, if, it's, if he's not feeling 100% comfortable, then you start Drew and – have Spencer ready to go in case you do need to force him into action. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely, uh, absolutely a possibility. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, um, while that and uh, other decisions like that are uh, the main priority for Mike Gundy, the football coach, Mike Gundy, the father, has a, has a pretty heavy decision to try to make with, uh, with Stillwater High on uh, on Friday night. Yeah. Um, Gunnar Gundy, his son, who's a senior quarterback, uh, I'm sure most listeners know who Gunnar Gundy is. Um, right now, it's probably the best season of any quarterback in the state. Has a state semifinal game Friday night mm-hmm. in Yukon against Choctaw. Um, and so the problem is, and Gundy's never had to face this issue before, does he stay behind and then take a private jet or whatever to West Virginia right? Um, after the game to meet the team and coach the next day or does he skip his son's football game? Could be his last football game. Right. There's always that Theoretic- possibility. Theoretically, Theoretically yes. yes. Stillwater is a heavy favorite. Heavy yeah. favorite. Um, and they, they beat Choctaw earlier this year yeah. by, by a ridiculous amount. Yeah. I don't remember the and exact so score. I don't expect Stillwater to lose, but there's always that chance. Yeah. Um, you know, so Gun, so Mike has this problem here, and he said he's never had to consider this. He's never worried about it, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have weighed in on social media that Gundy should just stay behind, mm-hmm. meet the team. Um, I don't see an issue with that. He could, if if the game goes like it did the first time, he could leave at halftime and get right. to West Virginia a little little earlier. So, yeah. um, there's options there. What do you think he should do? I I would be there. I would I, I yeah. would absolutely be there. You think about the number of games that he's had to miss. Over yeah. over the course of 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 his, of his son's career, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't see Gunner's first start. If I remember, uh, no, he didn't. He was on the road. Yeah, Gunner started as a freshman at Midwest City. Yeah, and uh, there was OSU was on the road, and they really didn't even know he was starting. Right. And yeah. then he, they made the last minute decision, and Gunner was like five nine, 145 pounds, yeah. the freshman, and Jalen Redmond. <laughs> was playing for Midwest City and throwing him around like a rag doll, and yes. Mike said he was hundreds of miles away, terrified for his son. Right. So, yeah. So he missed the first start. Yeah. And uh, these moments, just uh, there, there are so few and so and so precious that I, I would, uh, I would not hesitate at all. I mean, and we talked, we talked to Gundy about this on Monday, and he basically said. The team might not even notice if he was gone. Yeah, you know, it, 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 he he sees them. They have a meeting right after they arrive at the hotel, and then uh, you know maybe they go into small offensive or defensive or positional meetings from there. But he's not involved in in those, and uh, then the players are up to their rooms, and and uh, and that's pretty much it. So um, he, there's not a lot that he has to do on a Friday night on the road. Where I think that uh, listen, you just gave Casey Dunn a promotion to associate head coach. Let him go earn that uh, that yeah. extra money uh, for yeah. this uh, this road trip. Now you and I actually joke too. What he really should do is go to Tulsa and uh, see some running backs. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be. That's, uh, he needs to he needs to double up on Friday. Yeah, go uh, go maybe do a little bit of recruiting too. <laughs> so uh, that would he uh, won't do that. That's not a possibility at all. No, but that's, it's, uh, no, it was that's a fun absolutely. a fun thing earlier for us. But uh, you know, he should go see Gunner. Just go yeah. watch Gunner one he more should, time. He should absolutely be there. Um, I I have I have no doubt in my mind that that's what I believe he should do. I think he probably will. You know, I I, I asked yeah. him. I was like, "Have you ever been this close?" Because on Monday he legitimately did not know what he was going to do, and I asked him, "Have you ever been this close to not traveling with the team on a Friday?" And he said, "No. This is uh, this is this is the closest he's ever been to making this decision." So Here, here's the thing to consider too: Gunner likely has two high school football games left. Right. This week in the championship game. If he goes somewhere else to play, when is Mike going to see him play? Right. Yeah, it would have to be some sort of unique situation where uh, a bye week, you know, a bye uh, week for Oklahoma State, yeah. an open week. Um, oh, I used or, bye week. Sorry, it's all right. You're you're uh, you're <laughs> forgiven for how many times I've broken my own rule. Um, but yeah, so OSU would have to be off, and and the other team playing or. Uh, OSU plays an 11 a.m. game, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and and Gunner is uh, say he's at North Texas playing a night game or something, yeah. something crazy and like then, that, where where the trip would be feasible. And the other thing is too, even if he does go to OSU and play for his dad, what are the chances he gets on the field? This may right. be exactly. one of the last few chances he gets to watch Gunner play football. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It, it absolutely is, and uh, so that's why I would have uh, no hesitation at all in my mind to go ahead and, and, and make that uh, make that trip and uh, and go enjoy that moment with the and, family. And someone asked Dylan Stoner when I was around tonight what he should do and he said he should go. Ah, oh, that's good. I, I didn't I didn't even think to ask a player about that, but that's uh that's good advice from Dylan Stoner. Yeah. He is a Dylan Stoner is a wise man. Yes. I, I feel comfortable saying that. I, Very I, wise. I, I really, wise beyond his years. He absolutely is. I, I like that dude. Good dude. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. Talk a little bit uh, more about some other ancillary things to this game with uh, with Oklahoma State here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Uh, as we said at the top, we just watched the college football playoff uh, ranking announcement. Oklahoma State at number 21, just uh, a little bit ahead of Iowa State. Baylor, number 14. Oklahoma, number 9. This is, uh, it looks like a rough situation for the Big 12 trying to get into the playoff at this point without some uh, some serious chaos. Yeah, the odds are not good. It's it uh, Oklahoma did not get the uh, the the bump that they needed from the win against Baylor and now they um, don't have a lot of opportunities left to really make uh, significant statements. Oklahoma State in the Bedlam game will be uh, an important one. Um, and whatever happens, uh, assuming it'll be Baylor again in the Big 12 title game, will be important. But 
if those wins, if if beating Baylor once didn't help you, how is beating them twice going to help? Yeah, I don't, it's 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 tough to uh, to see. And the committee could look at that and go, well, you handled it in the second half, right? You, you know, you know, you've kind of figured out things against Baylor. We're not that impressed anymore. You know, like yeah, absolutely. If they if they, I think if OU would have dominated Baylor from the from the onset of the game, right, it would have been a different story. They might have gotten that bump they needed, but. Yeah. The way that game went, I don't think that helped him at all. No, no, it didn't. Um, now, where this trickles down to uh, have a direct impact on Oklahoma State is the bowl selection process. Yes. Because Oklahoma State right now could be in the running for something as high as, as the Alamo Bowl, but in, uh, in that instance, you're going to need both Oklahoma and Baylor in the top 10 nationally true and that is going to be a uh, a tall order right there that's really tough um man that's yeah osu's it, it's amazing to me they're not about three quarters osu had to really feel like they were in the big 12 title hunt yeah still yeah, absolutely with baylor up like that and then they're thinking all right this thing's gonna turn on us this mm-hmm. we're, we've still got a shot here and then all of a sudden it was we got we're in trouble. Yeah, there were you know we had discussed it on the, we had the question on the podcast at the end of, of last week in the mailbag segment uh, about Oklahoma State getting into the Big Twelve title game and and there were three things on Saturday that they needed to happen. One was they needed to beat Kansas. Two was they needed Iowa State to beat Texas, and three was they needed Baylor to beat Oklahoma. And it was looking really uh, good. They were nine tenths of the way there. Yeah. <laughs> they really were. They were. Uh, they were right on the fringe of that of that happening because then at that point Oklahoma State is is back in control of their destiny, needing only uh, well they still needed Baylor to win out, but uh, to keep te- Texas out of uh, and out of you know getting in them into some messy tiebreaker situation. But had Baylor uh, gone ahead and beaten Texas, and Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. It was uh, it was it was it was Bears and Cowboys in uh, in Big D for uh, or Big A I guess um, <laughs> for the uh, for the Big Twelve title. So um, it was uh, it was really starting to look uh, exactly like things were lining up exactly right for Oklahoma State at that point. And now with like I said, Oklahoma at number nine, Baylor at number fourteen, to get them both in the top ten, you're talking about you know probably needing Baylor to win the Big 12 title game. Yeah. You need Oklahoma to move up two or three spots at least so that the, so that when they lose the Big 12 title game they don't fall out of the top mm-hmm. 10. And uh, and that's just it's uh, I mean that that's going to be tough. That's tough. That's, that's going to be that's really that's tough. real tough. Um, now that said, if Oklahoma is able to move up a couple of spots, maybe put themselves in in potential playoff spot, then that uh, that changes things for uh, for Oklahoma State because then you don't have to have both Big 12 teams in the top 10. You just no. need one in the playoff, and then one will go to the Sugar Bowl. So yes. um, then that would open the door for Oklahoma State to possibly go to the Alamo Bowl, um, which I'm not going to lie. That's the uh, that's the top of my list. I know uh, I know, I know you, you feel differently. Well, as far I just – uh, And, and let, let's be clear here. We're, we're, we're talking entirely personally about yes. where we, where we want to go. I, uh, I, I like the idea of San Antonio on New Year's Eve. Uh, not necessarily for New Year's Eve, but just to have a little bit more time in San Antonio rather than a, uh, a December 27th bowl somewhere. Yeah. No, I like get it. That. I've never so. been to a bowl game, but uh, I'll take what I can get. 
Right. How about that? Yeah, that's fair. I um, hear you. Never covered a bowl game, um, but there are some personal things with the New Year's Eve one for me. So yeah, I'll just fair. leave it at that. That's fair. Um, yeah. But you look at uh, at what is opened up after that. Um, probably the most interesting bowl projection that I've seen, and I, I can't remember now off the top of my head. It seems like it was one of the ESPN guys, uh, maybe Mark Schlebaugh, uh, who had it was Oklahoma State Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. I saw that. What yeah. was that? Uh, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. I would be all for that. That would be a – that was uh, – you know, now Orlando this time of year is not uh, – it's not a great place to be because everybody goes there right after Christmas for vacationing. Um, there were a ton of people there uh, two years ago. Um, it was still it was still cool and uh, the the stadium is not great but uh, but that would be a really fun game that out of all the matchups that I've seen projected yeah that's far and away a, that's my a favorite. good one that's far and a good away one. my favorite um, there's some other interesting ones uh, you know when you get down to some of the the bowl games that match up against the SEC I saw a um, uh, OSU Kentucky possible yeah. matchup which, fun. Uh, which would be interesting It'd be fun in our office too we got a lot of kentucky people we do have a lot of kentucky people <laughs> well, maybe a little too like, much it's like uh, kentucky basketball and cubs baseball uh and and i'm and i'm part of that with the cubs but uh that uh that shade of blue rules our office it, it really does it's it's kind of kind of ridiculous <laughs> no i'm not, kidding not i'm all. kidding not i like everybody all. in our newsroom perfectly acceptable um but so you've got the Camping World Bowl, which you know teams uh, or excuse me, bowl games don't necessarily like to have a lot of. Uh, you know they like to they, they like to keep the variety going. Oklahoma State was at the Camping World Bowl two years ago. Maybe uh, maybe the Camping World Bowl wants to go a different direction if they get somebody like Iowa State, even though Iowa State might not be ranked as high as uh, as Oklahoma State. They might like to uh, to get Iowa State out there. Um, got the uh, the Texas Bowl. Liberty Bowl probably doesn't want Oklahoma State back for a second straight year, especially if they uh, they could have, you know, another uh, another good team in that slot. So we got, uh, I think Alamo, possibly the Camping World Bowl has some interest. The Texas Bowl in Houston is uh, is possibly a good landing spot. Uh, I think that might depend on where Baylor and Texas fall mm-hmm. in things. Yeah. That that makes sense, but I think that's a good. That to me seems really likely outside of the Alamo Bowl. I would I would rank that one if I was if I was uh, putting odds on it right now, that would probably be the top of the list in yeah. uh, in the odds. Uh, yeah, that would I'd, be the most favorite. I think so. Um, it's a good location for fans to just drive down to Houston um, two days after Christmas. It's the twenty seventh, so that's um, that's a good. I feel like that might be a good draw for people yeah i mean yeah orlando so. might be a little tougher it's expensive it is that's an expensive trip um i mean just just going that far in general is expensive but going to orlando at that time of year yeah. is really expensive yeah so, so houston might be the ideal spot for osu fans if you if they don't get san antonio yeah yeah it absolutely uh might be and and like i said i still think it's the the most likely yeah and if they if they don't land there I think it's uh, I think it's Phoenix for the Cheez Its Bowl is uh, is the, the next uh, the next spot. Does the Cheez It Bowl just sound lame because it's the Cheez It Bowl? I think it sounds fantastic because it's the well, Cheez-It I like Cheez Its and stuff, but it just seems kind of 
as Barry would say, kooky to me that it's a cheese bowl. I don't know. That's uh, that's uh, I can I can see that, but it's not it's not nearly the worst bowl. No, no, not at had. all. Not not nearly the worst that we have currently. So no, uh, not at all. But it just seems kind of yeah. Eh. But if I if now and I love cheese now if I show up and they're not serving the uh, is it Pizza Hut that's doing the cheese pizza? Oh yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if if that's not the pregame meal, I might just walk out. I if might I'm, walk out if it is. I don't know. If that sounds good. <laughs> I just I just want to try. I, <laughs> that's I don't, true. I, I would try it. Okay. As fair enough. Uh, uh, as uh, to to, uh, to paraphrase Elaine from Seinfeld. It's going to be years before they figure out a, n- a new way to get pizza, or to get more cheese on a pizza. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's fair. I like it. I uh, I would try it. I guess I just would not probably like it. It's like that Starburst ice cream I tried in the OSU press box a month ago. Well, that I could. That was, I, I, that I, saw, was a, I saw that one. That was coming. a bad decision gonna, on that my was, part. <laughs> that was bad uh, decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I would I would be interested in trying the cheese at pizza. Although, let's be honest. You can make that at home yourself pretty easily. I don't know what's going to be all that different about yeah. what, how Pizza Hut does it. Yeah, I don't know either. I could uh, I could fire up a Red Baron in the microwave and then crumble <laughs> some cheese on top. So there we go. There I might just go. I might just try that before I get too fired up about the uh, the cheese at Pizza. I'm going to try the uh, the the Red Baron and just and just smash up some cheese. <laughs> All right, I think uh, I think that tells us we've gone too far. We have and, uh, gone too far, and it's far. time to, to wrap this one we, up. We, uh, uh, one uh, one one quick note uh, before we uh, before we shut things down. Uh, do want to remind you that we'll have our um, uh, mailbag segment in the next podcast. So reach out to us on that. Um, if you want to if you want to get in contact with Jacob, you know how to find him. Uh, he's probably at uh, at BB's ranch hanging out. Oh yeah, BB, my my little buddy. BB, the miniature horse. Uh, he has a shirt. He does. He has a new shirt that is for sale. And um, he doesn't wear the shirt, I'm assuming, right? Nobody wears an orange cowboy hat. Have you not yes, seen those photos? I does. sent you one of those photos. Yes, you did it's, send me that. It's the best photo. It's um, fantastic. Anyways, BB's selling shirts. The money goes to Turning Point Therapeutic Ranch, which owns BB. Uh, it's a nonprofit. I think it's a worthy investment for OSU fans. I absolutely think so. Um, they're $25. They are designed just like the little Sebastian Pawnee Harvest Festival shirts on mm-hmm. the TV show from Parks and Recreation. One of my all-time favorite shows before I met BB. I want to say that. It's before I met BB. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Sebastian says, you know, that shirt says, I met Little Sebastian at the Pawnee Harvest Festival. This one says, I met BB at Boone Pickens Stadium. It might or might not have been my idea for the shirt. <laughs> um, I will take a little credit on the podcast uh, for this, but it's great. I will admit that I've ordered a shirt. That's um, perfectly there's acceptable. There's nothing wrong with that. Perfectly it's for, acceptable. It's for a nonprofit in my That's mind. Right. And an awesome horse. Yes, absolutely. So uh, there's and, a, and some really cool people that run the uh, the ranch yes, out there as well. Yes. To help them in and, what they do. Some and really amazing So things. if you're looking for a link... They're, they have it on their Facebook page. We've also I've also put a post up on our website with the link. So if you're looking for a link, you have till December first to order. There you go. Jump on there. Go get you a shirt. It's absolutely worth it. All right. With that, we want to hear from you for the mailbag. We want you to rate, re- review, subscribe. Give us a, give us a give us a five star review and then tell us how much you hate us. I don't care. That's fine as long as we get the five star. That's true. Review. We need five stars. Yes. Yeah, so uh, so go do all that stuff. We appreciate it. 
The Cowboy Chronicles podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. No. <laughs> it's all good.